Hello, I'm Harry Stakini, and you are listening to the Staff Room Podcast, the show where each week I share anonymous stories from teachers who are overworked, underpaid, and close to a mental breakdown. So think of it as teacher therapy, as they remind us of all the troublemakers, class clowns, and the flat-out criminals we all remember from school. So join me and my guests and hear what your teachers really have to say. episode number seven of the staff room podcast how's it going everyone hope you're well thank you very much for tuning in once again and uh, hello to all the new listeners i mean over the past few weeks i've seen a few new countries pop up on my little map israel they were once rocking the third spot they've gone right down to the bottom of the table uh, we've got a new entry at number three with belgium so hello people of belgium and uh, mexico that was another one that popped up i'd love to know you're hearing about this podcast because I'm, I'm, I'm hammering forums with it, I'm posting it on Twitter, I'm posting it wherever I can, but I just want to know how you're finding out, because I very much doubt it's to do with, uh, you know, the local neighbourhood group that I've been peppering for the past few weeks, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is, but um, new listeners, please tell me how you're finding out about this, because uh, it will definitely help for the future with my marketing plan, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, hello everybody, this is a, a nice fun episode today, I mean... I had loads of fun recording it, and my guest is Callum Oakley, who is someone that I've known with comedy for, I'd say, maybe four, maybe nearly five years. But the first time I saw Callum was when he was 16 years old, and he was performing on Britain's Got Talent. And he made it to the semi-finals, only to be beaten by the dog Podsy. Uh, but that was the first time I saw Callum on TV, and I remember thinking, Jesus Christ, this kid is unbelievably confident to be 16 years old and be doing stand-up comedy um so it was really exciting to have him on the show uh, since then callum has done loads of different stuff most recently he has been supporting paul smith who is a uh, a bit of a internet sensation really because he's the resident compare at hot water comedy club and a few years ago i want to say like 2018 maybe definitely 2019, they actually installed cameras into their club so they could record all the sets of the comedians. And Paul was comparing there five, six times a week. And it was just crowd work that was getting picked up. And Paul's like an amazing MC, really, really quick, really, really witty. And they pumped out all this footage of him onto Facebook and YouTube. And he went from playing, you know, a comedy club that he was struggling to sell like 150 tickets to a few years later selling out the Echo Arena in Liverpool. And uh, had, having never done TV, it was like absolutely bonkers, but fantastic comic and well-deserved all his success. But Callum has been working with Paul for the past few years uh, on his tour all around the UK and has performed in some massive rooms. I actually watched Callum uh, support Paul at the Manchester Opera House in front of 2,000 people. And I thought that was massive. But yeah, Callum has actually performed at the Echo Arena. Uh, yeah. I think it was like, you would say seven, seven, 8,000 people, which is just absolutely balmy. So yeah, it's great to have him on the show, especially with the story that I've got this week, which is coming from a science teacher, um, about a year 11 lad who turned up late to their lesson with probably one of the best excuses that I've ever heard of. Um, we get into talking about Callum's school days, which is something I find really interesting with each guest, because it's always something that 
everyone can relate to because we've all been through it, but it's incredibly unique to each guest that I've had on. So I always find that part of the show really interesting. And Callum even tells me about how he got into stand-up because I mentioned on the end of the last episode that Callum started comedy when he was 16, but it turns out he's actually 14 when he started doing stand-up, which is even more impressive because I can't, I can't even, at 14, I wasn't thinking about doing comedy. Um, But yeah, the stones on him. But it was interesting to hear about how he got into it because it was part of like a school program that was going on. But I'll let him talk about that within the episode. Callum even tells me the story about how he nearly died on his way to his year 11 prom and how he was the only one in the school to smuggle in booze to the prom, which was ingenious in the way in which he does it. But as impacted our friendship from the moment that he told me and I will always hold him accountable for it Um, but you'll learn about that within the episode we also have a bit of a chat about the recent news story that came out about the teacher the design technology teacher in South Wales who has been struck off I don't know if anyone else has seen this but this teacher has been struck off for two years after an anonymous blog that was his um, came to the light of the school that he worked at and he'd made some comments about the students that went to the school and I think the title on the BBC website is they look like Eastern European prostitutes and Kardashian clones and they were his words in comparison to the girls going to the prom um, which is a funny line like I think that's hilarious and read the article and you tell me what you think but The guy that wrote it, Mr. Price, has basically said um, they've taken what I've said completely out of context. And I myself, I've not been able to read the blog that he's put out, but I can totally understand that what that headline is, is essentially the punchline to a joke. And any punchline, when taken out of context, is going to look a little bit like, oh, you know, that's a little bit uncomfortable. But have a read of it. Some of the stuff he said is absolutely ingenious and just very, very funny. So I think that the guy is, uh, I think he's been a bit unfairly treated. But we chat about that within the episode and um, especially around the idea of context when it comes to jokes, because we've both um, thought about that quite a lot within our stand-up and um, I definitely share a story with Callum about me trying to joke about slavery which uh, as a white man um, can be quite tense but you know you'll learn about that in the episode I'll just point out I'm not I'm not about trying to bring it back before anyone goes where's he going with that one okay (laughs) but it's a really fun episode and uh, I'm dead excited to share it with you so let's get cracking this is me Callum Oakley and a year 11 with a great excuse enjoy I say, I've not seen you do any of your um, what they called animations in ages. Yeah, I've just been. It's about a bit. You know what? I've bit. I've hit like this creative block where right. I've I've just been struggling to do anything. Like first lockdown, I was so motivated. I was like, got really healthy and at good foods and stuff, and uh, I felt like really creative and that. The second one, I was just like half motivated to like do things. And then the third one, I just give up. Like that's fair enough. Though. Just I think like, a lot of people feel that. But I feel like people need to be honest with it because I feel like social media, everyone's like bigging themselves up. Like I'm having a great lockdown. Look at all the stuff I'm doing, and I'm like, it just makes me feel shit because I'm like, I don't even feel like that. So I can't. I'm happy people doing well, but I am in such a shit place where I'm like, I can't physically, I can't be creative, and that so it just frustrates me because like I really want to create things, but. Because I'm literally full time delivering burgers to people as a vegetarian. My head, <laughs> <laughs> my head's not in the best place at all. 
That's funny. I could just imagine you like delivering it in tears and then being like, you all right? No, I'm fucking not. All right. <laughs> My car smells of beef 24-7. <laughs> fucking hungry. I thought, I thought you worked in the shop. I didn't think you were delivering the burgers. Oh, no, I'm delivery boy. That's what I do. So, but you're like delivery boy for that shop. You're not. You haven't got like a delivery jacket or anything. Oh no, I've got got no uniform and that. I wear what I want. Well, rogue. <laughs> mate. Uh, um, well, that's fair enough, though. I think I think everyone's the third lockdown for me. For me, anyway, was um, I f- I was focusing on getting the podcast out, mm. but I found it very difficult, as most people that I've spoken to that have come on here, because um, everyone's obviously had to do different jobs. But I just found it really difficult not being able to go and um, just try out material because, like, yeah. you can write it to a certain point, but if you've not told it to anyone, you're a bit like, I don't know if I should write any more on that because it could be absolutely shite. <laughs> yeah, and you're like four days in trying to perfect it. Yeah, um, I actually ended up doing a few jokes to a dinner lady at my school mid shift. Oh my god! Um, you know what? You're the just... type of person who would do that though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Out of all, all the comedians I know, you're the only one who I would, who I know, would sit someone down and go, "Right, you're you're not moving for forty minutes. I need to get these jokes off." Yeah, I've got a preview. All right, doing and a, then book do a bucket speech. speech. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, um, I know what you like. I know that's what you. Uh, I to be fair, um, I won't go into. A huge amount of detail on it, but um, she was stood up on uh, on playground duty, and I just I just approached her and just started. I just slid it in mid conversation, and um, and she she enjoyed it. That was the thing, but she doesn't know that I do comedy and everything. So it was a it was like a little I don't know. I felt I felt like I had to play it off like I was just saying it off the cuff. Like yeah, I've just I've you know I'm just saying these things right now. It's not like I've spent a few hours last week and last night going over it. <laughs> like behave me no no these are just these are just thoughts all right sharon <laughs> well crafted um, thoughts <laughs> yeah yeah doing crowd work with dinner ladies just like did you have the passive uh, on <laughs> just start yeah. a little stopwatch <laughs> yeah got a little light at the back right you got to wrap up now Harry. <laughs> so are you that'd under, be awful that are you undercover then as a comedian in the school does no one know at all uh, no one, mate. No, 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 no. In fact, no. There are a few teachers that know, but mm. I make I make a point of saying to them, um, just don't announce it because uh, if a, if a parent finds out, that's when I I reckon there's just someone that will go. Oof. But at the same time, you know, if they do go, I'm not happy about that. And then there's a new story made up about me. The numbers on this podcast will go through the fucking roof. So <laughs> seven listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Oh mate, steady, mate, I'm getting listeners all over the shop, thank you. I've had Israel on this, mate. Israel. You got India right here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what as well? I actually forget that you're Indian. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I would have because when, when uh I tell well, I'll tell you what, right? I, I said on the last podcast that you were coming on this one and I said, my, ne- uh, my, my guest for next week is Callum Oakley. You mm. started comedy when he was 16. Yeah. And then I went to go and have a look and I realised it wasn't 16. You started comedy when you were 14. Yeah, yeah, 14. So like, what were you doing? Like just gigs in the playground? Yeah, I was like, just... I was like you. I went over to the dinner ladies and that. <laughs> and I was going, oh, these are just thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, my... Oh, it was mad. So basically, uh, you met Sam Avery, haven't you? 
Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, to Sam, yeah. He done. Um, used to like these. Nice cop- guy, Sam. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So I've known him for eleven years now. What the hell? Mad that in it. Um, so we done like comedy course, like going around schools and stuff. But it was like kids who didn't have much confidence, or for like kids who were like little shits and that. And I was under the little shit category. Um, really? Yeah. I just didn't care. Mate, I, I didn't care about school. I wasn't bothered. I. That was one thing I put down in it. Um, I would have assumed you weren't naughty at school at all. I thought you would have been thought you would have been popular, but I wouldn't have assumed you would have been like a little tearaway. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't like I knew the boundaries of like the boundary of naughtiness. So I'd never be. I think I've been kicked out like twice at class. Right. Okay. But it was like but you just chatty. Yeah, and I was like, I used to. Yeah, I. I, I wasn't like throwing shit at teachers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never... So it was like... Just, I, just banter. Yeah. Just banter. Strictly banter. <laughs> I, I just knew I knew where to push it. I've always been like that, though. I always know the limit of things. And that's why I've never been in a fight in my life, because I know where to push yeah. it. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, I can't... I know the edge of this now. <laughs> um, so so he came in and then was like, right, okay... Uh, were you selected to go on it or did you like yeah me drama teacher she was like I think you'd be really good at it and uh, yeah I done that I wrote because I done that I done the when I was on Britain's Got Talent one of the jokes I done was like this Armani thing yeah and that was the first joke I ever wrote when I was 14 Um, so I had that and uh, it's a classic joke. It's, it's a it's a family friendly oh, joke. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it took it, it took the roof off in the semi finals. I tell you, yeah. Until that dog came. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what what was his name? Podzi. Yeah, fucking rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. That's fair. From go from fourteen though to mm. go and then on Britain's Got Talent. Mm. Like did. Before that, then, so you did the comedy course at school. Mm. W- were you like? Did people see you as the funny kid? I was. I got voted the second funniest kid in my year. All right. Who was the first? Uh, a lad called James Bibby, who was absolutely hilarious. James Bibby, who's comedian now. James Bibby. Nah, no, he's. Oh. There's a, another. I, well, I thought, yeah, because I seen him on a lineup, and I was like, wow, Bibby from my school, but it's nah, different guy. Um, different Bibby. Different Bibby. Um, but yeah, he was like, he, he was just like, his impressions were insane. Do you know what I mean? So we used to like take impre- like do impressions like teachers and stuff. And he was he was a funny kid. So it was always like me and him were like the funniest, but he got voted the the funniest and I was the second funniest. That's uh well at least you you know you you made top three. I got a certificate though as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like second funniest. Like just don't give me one. Like just announce the first funniest. I don't need to be told I'm not That's... as funny. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think uh, I can remember what people thought I was uh, in the school. If you know, you get like most likely to be this or someone and so mm. on. Um, but yeah, second funniest, right? So you then, but James, James didn't go on Britain's Got Talent, did he? No, no, he's doing really well now, though. He's actually, um, I'm sure he's, he's in... actually Jason Manford. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <He's... laughs> um, uh... So, right, so you 14, you do the comedy course and then you get voted and you think, right, I'm going on Britain's Got Talent. Because um, when you went on that, did it have like an impact on your school days? So I, so after the course, um, there was like a competition that got done with like all the other schools that's like from Sam Avery's course. And 
I ended up winning that at 14. And it was like a picture of me that went in the Echo. And it was just like, our oh, comedians of the future. Can't. Like, it was just like, just like a little thing, you know, for like, like a little part of the Echo. Yeah. Like yeah. a little sliver of writing in the corner of the Echo. Um, <laughs> and then there was a woman who got in touch who ran like charity nights, like all over the Northwest. And she was like, she has like singers on and dancers and that. And she was like, we re- we would really like a comedian because it was just like kids under 18. It's like little shows, like raising money and that. And I just ended up doing them shows for like a year and a half. So I'd go to like all these like British legions and that, um, do gigs. So this singer would go on, then I would take out, it was done on a karaoke set. <laughs> Right, so the singer with me, it was so rough. So the singer would go on with this karaoke set and then she'll come off and then I'll go on, like after she sang Adele, right? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> rolling in the deep. Then I come on, <laughs> trying to do, <laughs> crack some jokes, but there was this gig I done. I'll never forget it. And it was in British Legion and um, and it was like, the room was like a really, it was like a corridor like it was just, right. it okay. was just yeah, yeah. so long and um, it was like loads of like ex-army and like like proper big fellas, like skinheads and that. And um, I don't even know if they were ex-army to be fair. I think there was a few there, but it just kicked off. Like a massive fight happened and people are just like throwing digs, people like sniffing off the tables and that. I've got school the next day and I'm like... <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to go on. I had a purple suit on. I used to wear suits to try and look older, right? I had this fucking purple suit on, waiting to go on. And I walked on, and like there's like these these punches being thrown everywhere, and I could just see my mum and dad like at the back of the room looking at me, like, like oh my god, my son's going up. And I went on, and I was trying to talk, and no one was listening. And then the organizer went on and basically told everyone to shut up. They were like, this lad's 14, he's getting on stage, he's doing this for free, and it, like all that. And then they all like sat down and they were quiet. And I just done talked about like how big my uniform was and that. And, and <laughs> all the stuff a 14 year old would's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about lunchables, they're really lunchables, everybody. <laughs> what is it about them? Used to get more crackers back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Was it a kid's cheese board? You know what I mean, guys? Yeah, yeah, we're talking, we're laughing. <laughs> if we're not laughing, we're learning. All right. <laughs> Jesus. So you did a few of them and then Britain's Got Talent. Because I would have I would have assumed you've you've got some balls to go on that uh, at that age because like if that you did well on it, but like mm. if it didn't go well, the fallout afterwards, because the idea of you know, it's like you 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 know yourself where I don't announce to other people that I'm a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because as soon as you say that, you do get a look where people kind of like look from your chin up to your forehead as if to be like, well, you don't look very funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like, because you're automatically by saying it, you are saying, well, I am funny, you know? Um, but the idea of you going on that, um, were people in your school supportive of it? So I was, I went, that was my second time. So I actually oh, went, really? yeah, I went the year before auditioned because I didn't want to do it. But my parents like, you should just do it and then just see what happens. Like, you know, but if you don't get through, you don't get through. Like it's one of them in it. Because I was enjoying yeah. it. Like I loved doing it anyway. So I was like, yeah, like I might as well do it. So I auditioned and you go to like the producers round. So you just go like in a room and it's just two people there with a camera and you just got to like do your set at them. And it was just dead awkward. I hated it. 
I never got, I just never got through the producers round. And then yeah, the year after that, there was like, because they still had like all the details and stuff. Yeah. I was already auditioned. And then the year after that, they sent out emails saying like, oh, Britain's got talent, like auditions and that. Just didn't, I was like, nah, I don't want to do it. And then they followed up with another email with like, we're looking for comedians. Can you come down and audition? And I was like, oh, okay. So then I turned yeah. up and then they... Not f- on a school night, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was I was in sixth form at the time. I ended up staying on in school. So I ended up going. I didn't tell anyone because I was like, just one of them things like, oh, I'm going for that. And then if you don't get through, you're going to have to tell everyone you didn't get through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just ended up like progressing really quickly, but I still never told anyone. I wasn't allowed because um, it wasn't on air yet. Do you know what I mean? So it, yeah, you can't tell anyone. So I had to... I was just skiving off school, like bunking off and that. And uh, they just didn't know. Because I've never, I've never bunked off school in my life. Do you know what I mean? Because you knew where the boundary was, Callum. That's why, mate. You That's what I mean? I mean. I just knew where to push it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then it like came out. My face was like on telly and they were like, ah, that's where he's been. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, mate, you, you look young when you're on it. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. I know. So the idea of you being 14 in a purple suit yeah, <laughs> in front of, a, you know, the EDL. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the pre-anxiety and depression days. Like, my face would look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now you're all withered. Yeah, the amberleaf has got to me. That's still, though, mate, that's impressive. Mm, so yeah. funny lad in school um, second you, funniest you, second funniest <laughs> yeah because uh, <laughs> the story right that I got sent for today as coming from a teacher who seems a bit of a laugh but they actually seem like a proper laugh and do you know like, the type of teacher that all the kids get on with yeah 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 so like that type and it's and it features a bit of a lad's lad so okay. um, I don't know you know James Bibby was he a lad's lad no <laughs> No, just good at impressions, that's all. You could do, a, do the impression of a lad's lad. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Most of the time, uh, I think of a lad's lad as being someone that finishes a sentence with banter. It's just banter, uh, isn't it? Banter. Yeah. <laughs> all the time, banter. Um, but yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll get cracking with it, right? Mm. Hello, the staff room. Teenagers keep you young and are endlessly hilarious. I work in a high school where most of the kids are rather middle class and they think they're streetwise gangsters, but they're most definitely not. You know, the type of kids that walk around with a swagger, insist on wearing a hoodie against school policy, but then cry at a parent's evening when they get told off. Mm. Now, from what you've told me, this sounds like you. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, it was like, like, you know, think they're a bad man, but then not where the boundaries are. Yeah, that's (laughs) But polite gangsters. Because <laughs> when you had a when you had a parents' evening, what was the feedback? Was it like, right, Callum's talking too much? Yeah, yeah. It was just like he never tries. Um he always tries to make people laugh and he never concentrates. Uh and that that was it. I always used to just get separated from people. Cause I got right. Like say if one of my mates was doing really well and like lessons and that, I'll just be like chatting to them and then they they like grades end up going down because I'll be talking to them. <laughs> So I ended up just like getting moved around the class all the time till I ended up at the back on my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar though, I got moved to the front of a class in an mm. English lesson and um, just got really friendly with uh, with my teacher. Yeah, distracted the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just 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 like having a chat, you know. Did you ever have the table that 
face the wall? Um, no, there was not in secondary school. No. Um, but I like I was diagnosed with dyslexia in mm. primary school, right? Um, because be, mate, before that, <laughs> my mum and dad were shitting it. <laughs> they, they were they were having chats with teachers, and uh, the, you know the teachers say like, "We're going to write about uh, Jack and Jill going up the hill in today's mm. lesson," and I just write about what I did on the weekend. But, you know, it would be writing looked like hieroglyphics. <laughs> It was horrendous. Um, so I used to sit on like a little table at the back in primary school mm. practicing typing. So like while people were writing, I'd just be sat there practicing like, yeah, touch typing. So um, never faced the wall, but was definitely, yeah, yeah. segregated for a brief period. Yeah. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've continued. They said, um, so one lesson, Jake, a lanky year 11 with a curly head of highlights. And uh, I think he may have had a perm. This tended to be a trend a couple of years ago. He was a very jokey lad's lad and totally adorable. He used to be thrilled to see me in the corridor and would always go in for a high five. If he was a dog, he would have been a red setter. That type of kid. Mm. Anyway, this one lesson. He limped in 10 minutes late. Now me, stern voice and a teacher face. Jake, why are you 10 minutes late? We've already started. Jake looking slightly pained and standing slightly askew. Ma'am. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, ma'am uh, she said it's not a private school so god knows why he's called me this um I, I wouldn't tell any other teacher this but uh seeing it's you i reckon i can last night i was shaving my ball sack and i cut myself and this morning i've caught it and there is blood everywhere <laughs> so i know your your reaction there but the, the um the the <laughs> To that walk is into a room. The biggest turn ever. <laughs> to, 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 to walk into a room mm. and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just straight out with it. You know, mm. I caught my ball sack last night. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, I don't know. That's that that caught me. Right. So, <laughs> did he say that in front of the class or just to the teacher? No, in front of the class. Oh my god. The next, the next line is uh, Jake. Jake looks both proud of himself and clearly enjoying the audience, <laughs> uh, but he's clearly in some discomfort. I'm struggling not to snigger. Uh, as excuses go, it's up there with the best, which I imagine it is because, I you know, in what other <laughs> have you ever arrived late to something and be like, yeah, sorry, mate, I cut my balls last night. <laughs> so do apologise like a band coming on to Glastonbury like yeah sorry we're late we all cut a sax last night I think it's because we've done it before and it's so honest like you understand it do you know what I mean like it's not like the yeah. usual like oh sorry the roads are busy like if you're straight in with like be honest with you yeah, I cut my balls and then you can sympathise that because I've done it before and like that, go that goes on <laughs> it goes on for a while <laughs> Well, so I've, well, I'll tell you what, right, I did a gig, I don't know if I might have told you this already, but when I first started doing stand-up, this is like the, the, probably the best excuse I've ever given to get to being, to get out of something, right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing a gig in Bradford and um, the guy that runs the gig, I've never seen him since, but his name was Benji, right? Mm -hmm. uh, proper like Bradford lad. And um, I arrived at the gig, it was at Bradford University, and there was meant to be eight acts on that night and all of them had cancelled. Right? Oh, so it was shit. it was Benji the MC and me. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there, I get there and I'm like, 
uh, right, so you're telling me all the all the acts have cancelled. He was like, yeah, yeah. He said, but we'll just do it, just me and you. And I'm thinking, I don't see how that's a show. But he was like, no, I'll, I'll MC it, and then you come on and do your bit. I had like five minutes of oh lukewarm material, right? So, <laughs> lukewarm. <laughs> mate, yeah, lukewarm jokes. So mm. I am, uh, I, I'm going, well, maybe that could work. We'll just do a show in like half an hour, right? Mm. Um, and I was a fool to believe him because 45 minutes later, um, Benji is still emceeing and uh, there's been no break. He's offended oh. half the room. And there is a group of people, about six, six, seven of them, who were demanding their money back. And the money was two pounds, right? That's how <laughs> shit the show was. The people wanted the two quid back. <laughs> Student life though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm sat at the back of the room going, I'm gonna have to like go on to this. And it was just there was no atmosphere in the room, you know. But there, there was, it was aggression. That's what was <laughs> there was no jovial spirit. Um so I was like, right, okay. And then he says, So we're gonna we're gonna bring up your next act. And as he says that, I'm thinking, shit. I've got a like I, I do not want to do this gig. So I basically, as I'm walking up to the stage, I came up with the excuse that my dad had just landed at Manchester Airport, right? And had just rang me, unexpectedly landed on, off this plane and needed picking up. So he needed me to go. And I'm like, this'll work. And I've I've only like finalized the lie in my head as I'm stepping on the stage, taking the mic in one hand and shaking his hand in the other. And instead of letting go of his hand, I just held onto him and like the mic and just looked at the crowd in him and was like, yeah, my dad's just rang me. He's just landed at Manchester Airport. I've got to go and pick him up like right now. I'm really, really sorry, guys, but I've got to go. And I can see him looking at me to be like, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just was like, yeah, I've got to go, mate. Really, really sorry. And I left the venue and never actually did the gig. And I've never seen the guy since. So I don't know what happened to him, but whether all the people in the room group together and killed him and just no one said a word but um yeah it was one of them where i just even people in the crowd were looking at me like you, you that's what <laughs> oh, just now yeah he's like just literally he's just rang me right now like mate i, I would have got an oscar for my performance it was impeccable <laughs> oh mate that's so funny what was the night called do you remember I don't, I can't remember. It was I just at Bradford University. Because mm. um, the reason I remembered it is because I took a picture from the back of the room and everyone was sat on sofas at the front, right? Um, and the picture I took from the back was exactly the place where I walked from when I was creating this lie in my head. And um, it just popped up on my Facebook memories and it just came flooding back. Oh my um, God. But yeah, I, I didn't tell anyone for ages about it um, because I, I, was, I cringed at the fact that <laughs> One, I'd bottled the gig, mm. but two, the, the lie that I'd made up to get out of it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, sorry, I've got to go. I've just had a call. Yeah, I've got to go and like, save the world. There's a bomb I've got to go and defuse. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a, it's such a hard one because it's like, it would, like, if that was me in that situation, I would have tried to think of a, a lie as well. But if, <laughs> if you were with me at that gig, I would have done it because I would have went down in flames just so we've got a story to share. Do you know what I mean? Like you had no one else there to like witness nah. what was going to happen. So yeah. there's no benefit in you doing the gig. Mate, I, totally. I, I reckon as well, even though it'd be like, you only do five minutes. I think I would have gone on and he would have gone out for a fag. Mm. <laughs> and then I, I would have had to fill the space. I would probably just reimburse the crowd, be like, should we all just go? <laughs> I'm, I'm not staying here. Um, but yeah, so the fair play, this guy's walked in and just uh, announced the fact he's cut his ball sack. Um, so it continues. It says, um, 
Jake, Jake limps off to his seat uh, and I get on with teaching Alkins or some of the nonsense uh, that the bottom set year 11 have no interest in. I used to run a Harry Potter science session for any year fives that were interested in coming to the school. So I used to have a little Dobby teddy on my desk, right? You know, you know, Dobby is from Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. um, so I used to have this little uh, Dobby teddy on my desk. And most lessons, when my back was turned, Jake and his best mate would get hold of Dobby and subject it to some god-awful gangbang scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, lad, mate, banter. No, it's just banter. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, they've added, um, yeah, it was always done with a huge smile on their face to make the class laugh. Uh, and I swear Dobby looked more haunted every day. That would be sinister, though, if they were doing it, but just dead straight face, just staring at the class. Yeah, that, that is creepy. <laughs> but I think it's true, though. If you put, like, it was in my school anyway, if you put a group of boys in a room together, they will start pretend bombing each other. Oh, all day. Yeah. All day, was, every day. I went to a school where there was loads of rugby players and it was always, it's not gay, it's rugby. That was it. That was the line. <laughs> it's not gay, mate, it's rugby. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. So um, anyway, after a short while, on the other side of the classroom, with my back to the boys, I turned around and Jake had his trousers down, mercifully with his back to me, showing off his war wounds to his mates. They looked both sickened and impressed and the worksheets on hydrocarbons remained unstarted. Oh. I then... <laughs> I then shouted, Jake, for the love of Christ, put your penis away in my lesson. <laughs> not a phrase most teachers would have to deploy, I imagine. Uh, I'm still trying not to laugh uh, because I'm their moral compass. God help them. So in a situation like this, I think of a different punishment as a detention is no good. And honestly, this has been the highlight of my week. So why would I? There's a reason why the kids love me and I love them back. So in order to teach Jake a small life lesson, I made sure that the head teacher knew about what happened, which I think is quite a good move because, you know what I mean, if a kid, kid had his knob out in my class, um, yeah, you, you, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You just want to be like, just pop that away, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, um, Especially yeah, if it's bigger cool. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Hello, pal. Jesus. <laughs> Christ almighty. Um, I didn't know you had a big brother. <laughs> oh, dear, that thing must be in university. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like you could never work in a school, you, no, Callum. I couldn't. I'm too immature for that. Um, yeah, mate, that's, that's, that's funny, that, though. <laughs> oh, so, I, uh, I am dead. Did I ever tell you about... Um, sorry, you're going off topic a bit here. In in school, you're all right. We done uh, creative writing in English. Did I ever tell uh, you about that the story that involved no. the police? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. You know? Hang on. Right. Okay. Hang on. So was this you? You wrote a story that involved the police. Nah, so police got called in the school over something that happened that had to do with me. So we had <laughs> in English. Right. <laughs> we were doing uh, creative writing. And persuasive writing as well. Um, and we had this teacher who, she was quite small. And I'm not going to give her name out. And she had like a little stage to get to a whiteboard. To like write, right. write stuff on. <laughs> to just teach on a little, a little spotlight on her. <laughs> just doing new stuff, do you know what I mean? We've got to try yeah, it out yeah. whenever we can. <laughs> um, yeah, Leaning so- on the mic stand. Just go on, let's... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so she'd have this stage that she'll stand on to write. So we're doing like persuasive writing and creative writing, and then she was like persuasive stuff. She was like persuade. Um, she was like said to one of the someone in the class like trying to persuade and to like do something. I can't remember what it was. And then she went, "Now persuade me to do something." And I can't remember the full the whole conversation of what I said to her, but the ending bit was do the worm off your stage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to the dance right, okay. move the worm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this four foot seven woman. <laughs> God, that, that, that is small. That is small. That's like a worm halved. That's a tiny worm. <laughs> she like Tom Daly dived off this fucking stage on her stomach and started doing the worm, right? <laughs> but some lad filmed it off his phone and like right. under the table and then this is where it got a bit messy um, he ended up putting it on YouTube uh, I, like racked over like I think it was like 50k views in like a couple of days bloody like, hell it went mad uh, the police got called in and got the lad who filmed it he got like told off really bad and that and I got away with it <laughs> Right. So, so hang on. Yeah, but like, all, all you did was ask her to do it. Did you know he was filming it? No, no. Well, it was, well, either, I mean, it was either do the worm or do a backflip off the stage and she went with the worm, which was more like... Um, but she's, that teacher sounds like a laugh. You know what I mean? She's like engaging enough to go, yeah, I'll give it a go. I know. So, um, um, but, and, and the other guy sounds like he's very good at marketing, but just needs mm. to make sure he picks the right... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, my dreams actually be a documentary filmmaker. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, all sorts used to happen in a classroom. Someone put a uh, remote control car, and you know, <laughs> do, do you remember because of the ceilings in the school? Yeah, they're like them little uh, tiles, aren't they, that you can lift out? Yeah, yeah. You want to? So some kid put a remote control car, like he pulled the tile out, put the remote control car in like the roof because it's got like the cavity bit where it's like yeah, yeah. the roof tiles and the actual like ceiling and in the cavity bit. There was a remote control car, so. Like when when she was like <laughs> teacher, he had this from he had the controller under the desk, so he would just drive the car in the ceiling and she like, what the fuck? She would like think there was like mice or something in the ceiling, but it was just this car. <laughs> That's ridiculous, that. Oh, mate, some of the stuff that Simple, simple, but, but very effective. Oh, <laughs> mate, it was beautiful. There was some great who's, memories. Who's doing that? And it's just a kid sat at the back with a helmet on, <laughs> just like a stick. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah. Well, they've they've said in here that, um, yeah, so they, they went and told the head teacher, right? Mm. Um, and the head was well used to me. Uh, I adored him and he saw my quirks as a positive and never tried to bash me into a mould. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Just, um, right. Um, one lesson, he walked past my room to see me podium dancing on top of a filing cabinet to Anton Deck's Let's Get Ready to Rumble as part of, <laughs> as part of an experiment to see if reaction times increased when, when distracted. Um, I don't know how that one works. Hang on. Yeah, as part of an experiment to see if reaction times increased when distracted. So if you're distracted, I don't get that. If you see if reaction times increase when you're distracted. So if you were distracted doing something, 
I don't get nah, that. I can't you know be what I mean? Because you'd have to focus on what you. Yeah, you'd but anyway, he didn't bat an eyelid. This teacher. Okay. So. Um, this is probably why I was bottom set science, mate. Mm. You know, um, <laughs> uh, I was I was in a re- revision re- uh, revision session once, and uh, I got asked like what an atom was, and nearly had a fucking nosebleed, mate. I just sat there and was like, <laughs> um, we never got to use anything really. Bonson burners mm. on a few occasions, but then one lad melted the back of a biro and stuck it to the table, um, and it was just like, well, we can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> Did you, did you, did you, I, I had to do B-Tech science. I wasn't allowed. Um, I know. I didn't do B-Tech science. I did core, just like the, the you know, the basic one. Yeah, my science teacher done my work for me. Really? Yeah, she just felt sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Callum, I'll come and help you. And I was like, okay, yeah. But I, I, I've got this really good ability where I can get someone to help me. But then I'll keep distracting them while they're helping me, so they just continue to do the work. Right, that's quite manipulative, that, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> I think it's a very good skill, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's just like getting a plumber plumber around to have a look at your sink, and then by the end of the day, he's like plastered your walls and everything. Don't know, just like, just, yeah, just yeah, just carry on doing this for us, please. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Any reason, Callum, why I'm driving you to a gig? Yeah, just. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right hang on uh, so this teacher didn't bat an eyelid right so the head teacher hang on I've lost my track here so Sorry, it's a head teacher I keep, I keep distracting you this is what yeah. happens <laughs> this is, this is, should, should I just go and sit in a different room while you finish the story yeah. <laughs> sit at that desk at the back facing the wall <laughs> um, right so the head teacher didn't bat an eyelid the head teacher <laughs> was a PE teacher himself with a robust sense of humour and a desire to let his staff be themselves. The kids and staff all loved him. He thought what Jake did was brilliant and the next time they met in the corridor, he pretended to limp and asked Jake how his war wounds had healed, which I think is great because there was a deputy head teacher at my school who was a PE teacher and I distinctively remember being in the middle of a PE lesson and... Uh, I thought me, me and my mates were talking about pubes, right? I just remember that. Mm. And me mate Freddie, um, oh, I don't know, I might, me mate. Um, <laughs> who, who, Freddie? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> me mate um, mentioned uh, mm. about, about having pubes and uh, this teacher walked past and went, uh, yeah, you thought you did and then you started peeing from it. And we all just fell about yeah, laughing. Like, yeah. He's just actually off yeah, there. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so Jake thought this was the best thing ever. Uh, but he also couldn't believe that every teacher in the school now knew. And now the moral of this story is, kids, there is no moral. Just don't get your cock out in my lesson. Mm. And that's how they finished it, which I think is quite a nice ending. And that teacher, for me, sounds sounds brilliant. They sound like a right laugh. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they've done well in that situation. Because you could easily flip your lid, you know what I mean? If someone's got the knob out in your class and just be like, "Oi!" You know, mm, but, but I don't know though, just, would uh, you? I don't know. What if it, what if you went the other way and just like that's tiny? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be flaunting that around, pal. <laughs> <Just> go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. I've 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 been in situations where um, I've been in schools. Mm. where it can be a bit awkward if, if well, yeah. In fact, I'm not even going to go down that route. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, go for it and then just cut it out if it's bad. I, 
I've worked with kids before where you've had to uh, like be in situations where you're either getting changed, okay, you know, you've gone swimming or something like oh, that, yeah. mm. uh, or you're, you know, doing activities, whatever. You've just you've had to have a change of clothes, mm. um, and being in situations where you're like confronted with a kid who is just fully, you know, all his kit off, and they're just asking you like very honest questions. You know, it's like, what we're we doing next, and you're like. Mm. Putting pants on, that's what we're doing, pal. <laughs> uh, because I can't have a conversation with you while you've got all three eyes on me, right? <laughs> so, uh, just... That's what I mean. It's uncomfortable when you're uh, like, oh. I remember going um, to the gym with my dad as a kid yeah. and my dad kind of prepping me as we, as we walked through the men's changing rooms, just being like, keep your eyes down, Harry. Right. Because it's going to be some naked, <laughs> naked men in here. Um, so now I'm in that position as a man and yeah. I, you know, I'm like, you can be around a, a kid who's fully naked. It's a bit like, mm. this is just, um, yeah, a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I mean. I think that teacher's handled it well, where he's got his he's got his todger out, albeit mm. he's turned 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 his back to the teacher. Um, mm. But to still do it in in a class, that's um, the confidence of the, the of the fella. But the teacher's been like, "Hey, this end, this is not the end of the world. Just pop it away. Come on, let's yeah, get back on with the, yeah. the lesson." Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I think they handled <laughs> it well. Uh, I would have just so, laughed, though. I think I think that's why I wouldn't have been a teacher. I wouldn't have liked. I wouldn't have like done any valuable things to like. I would have just laughed and probably just tweeted about it when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I tell you what, right? Um, did you do you keep up with the news or anything like that? Do you, do you tend to? Mate, you know? I don't even keep up with you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That is true. Like, I don't know. When, I don't know. I only found out COVID was a thing last week. Like, I'm just off. <laughs> <laughs> I am off everything. <laughs> off the grid, mate. Just delivering yeah. burgers. And, uh, yeah. Well, mm. what you said there about going home and tweeting about it, mm. um, there was a news story that came out this week, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because I've, I've, I think it's... Well, I'll just tell you. Okay. The news story was about a design technology teacher in a Welsh high school somewhere around Cardiff, and he's been struck off for two years after mocking the pupils, right, in, in a blog. And it's an anonymous blog. But the headline that they put for this was the fact that he'd compared the girls going to prom and said that they dressed like Eastern European prostitutes and Kardashian clones, right? Oh, my God. And, see, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, it is. It's, do you think? Yeah. Actually, this is the thing, right? And I, from a comics point of view as well, this this is what I'm, I want to find interesting because he's, mm. he's written a whole blog. I've not been able to read the blog, mm. but he even says, he was like, what they've pulled out is so out of context. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. And, ah. and like he hasn't he hasn't mentioned any of his names. It's mm. all anonymous. Mm. Um, but I'll just, I'll read you a few, right? And you tell me what you think here. Okay. So in 
in, in one article that he uh, was titled The Problem with Prom, um, he called the whole event a shallow, vacuous affair about nothing more than who spent the most on looking nice, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've told you a bit about comparing some of the girls that dress like Eastern European prostitutes and Kardashian clones. Um, he said that the boys at the bash were just snorting coke. Um, he mentioned that, yeah, referring to poorly applied fake tans, he wrote the literacy was so poor of some students that they couldn't read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> I, do, I do think is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, that was my favourite line. Mm. Um, he then mentioned uh, that, yeah, what was it? Mr. Price referred to the overweight girls being shoehorned into gowns and pra yeah, mm. and paraded through the town like cattle. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> and then he's mentioned that uh, prom means more to them than GCSEs, right? That's true. So th th this is what I mean. As I, I think what... Having not been able to read it, it's difficult. But in the in the context of humour, right? Mm. He's not he's not pointing a finger at anyone specifically. Yeah. But a joke is meant to be well, it's meant it's meant to shock you a bit, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't. Ugh, the kids. Do you know what I mean? Like he's taking the piss out of overweight girls, saying the shoehorned into dresses, and he's saying that girls look like prostitutes, like the underage kids and i feel like um, some of it is funny like what he's saying and the fact he's been altered as well like they know it's him so now these yeah, that, these kids I don't know as well, how that's happened as well yeah i don't know how, I, I don't know i think <laughs> i just think the i don't know like my problem is so much different to what that was your like, problem yeah like i i was the only person who snuck alcohol in no one knew right. it. So I had like um, mini shampoo bottles, filled them with vodka and lined the inside <laughs> of the suit. Shampoo bottles? Like min mini little travel ones. Right, okay. Just in case anyone spotted you and was like, Callum, what are you doing? So I've just got to wash my hair uh, before, <laughs> before I go home. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd done on mine. I nearly, I nearly died on the way there. We um, had... What? Drinking herbal essences? <laughs> <laughs> We had like uh, all the lads, and that came to mind. It was like twenty of us came to my house. We were, like drank before it, and we got a open top bus to go to prom. Right, bloody hell! Uh, as, do you know when you said all the lads? I thought you were going to say drinking, and then as soon as you said open top bus, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So we had like a few beers and that. Got on this boogie bus. It was so it was like a disco at the bottom and at the top, like you chill on that. And the sun was like beaming down. It was so nice, and we were on our way to the school, and. Where our school is, it's like a, what's it, the book, is it, I'm a driver, I should know this, when there's a, a road either side, but in the middle there's like grass, is it a carriage, dual carriageway, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's called, yeah. So we're yeah. going down, there's like trees there, so we're on like the open top bus, and I'm standing on the seat, and a tree branch <laughs> slaps me in the head, mate, I nearly fell off the bus. Oh my god! <laughs> and I got grabbed by one of my mates, and like everyone just fell silent, and I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> just like a buzz, and that nearly died. <laughs> so, how, how close were you to going over the edge? I was pretty. It was like one of them where you know where your heart drops because you're like, right? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it, it probably wasn't even that close, but it was like I felt like a. I, I was like over, um, and the prom date stubbed me up. Um, yeah, so I I had my uh, prom. Just dance. didn't didn't go didn't go at all. No, she went. 
Um, just with someone else. <laughs> oh, mate, that's brutal. Um, so I ended up having my prom dance with one of the teachers. You were like, you're like, what are you doing? I've, I've bought, you know, shampoo for us. Shampoo. I mean, alcohol for us to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was so drunk. There. So that's so. What what was the alcohol you took in? Just vodka. Straight, uh, mate. Nice. Yeah. Well, they had, they had the mix already there, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't need to bring me home. <laughs> but did did anyone um, partake in your in your vodka? A couple, yeah. There was a few in in on the secret. It, right, it, okay. Like, I mean, you could tell anyway. I mean, I was drunk, like <laughs> bad. Just, <laughs> Falling over tables, going over to her prom date. She's mine. <laughs> She's meant to come with me. I'm meant to be. If it's I'm second funniest, I'm definitely funniest, mate. <laughs> He's not even here, James Bibby. <laughs> James, where are you, rat? Uh, but yeah, so I think going back to the the teacher thing with the blog. Yeah, I can kind of see. I, I, it's one of them things that I completely understand where you're coming from, like out of context. Because it happens with a lot of comedians where it's oh, like, all time. like say if someone drops a new special and they will clip the bit about like, not all pedophiles are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then they'll just they'll like put it on like owl on the news everywhere, and you're like, I didn't even say that. Like it's so out of context of what I was saying. Yeah. Um, well. What what he said within that is exactly what you've just said there. It was mm. like they've taken, they've cherry picked, and because of that, everything is very askew. Because mm. if you read the thing in its entirety, um, yeah, it's it's just not that way. What I like is the fact that he he hasn't denied writing it. He said, "Yeah, I, I write it, but I don't think it amounts to because uh, they fired him for basically like misconduct." Mm. Which I don't know. I just think I think it's a bit tight. Um, because he's he's not identified anyone within it, you know. He's he's it's all anonymous. So this podcast is anonymous for that reason. Um, and like all the stories that I've shared, I've come in from teachers who have said things that, yeah, if you said when Ofsted were there, I imagine they'd be like, yeah, you need to you need to sort that out, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is this is but I, but what he was saying was like. It's a an attack of freedom of speech if uh, if you can't say these things, um, and also he's meant it in in jest. And the fact that he's bringing up the fact that you know girls do dress, young girls can dress in such a way that's quite sexually explicit. Mm. Um, it's like, but we we all just ignore that and the fact like these kids are doing drugs. Um, mm. But because he's he's you know, being honest about it, so to speak, which a lot of comedy, the the funny thing tends to be the honest thing because, you know, not everyone hears that all the time. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm yeah. not trying to convince you to say that what he did was 100% right. I'm just think that... I feel like you are. Tight. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your blog. <laughs> it's my blog, baby. Um, but he's... Um, I, just, I just think he seems like a teacher who can have a bit of a laugh and I don't know how he's been caught mm. out um but yeah being he's, struck off for two years and he's owned it as well which is i think is the best yeah. bit of it just like yeah I'll... he's he's told someone about it and i reckon it's got around you reckon yeah because i mean it's probably like are you aware of the block or was you aware of it no i wasn't aware of it the reason i only found out about it is because uh someone who a teacher i know sent me it saying this is going to be you and your podcast 
<laughs> and uh, I was just like, uh, I'm gonna have a read of this, see what see what's happening. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, that's what I reckon's happened though. I reckon he was in school and someone said, "Hey, have you seen this?" Like it's quite funny, like some of these stories. And they go, "Oh, like between me and you, I wrote this." And then <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then I reckon it's just been something like, "Hey, don't tell anyone," but you know, Mr. Smith wrote this. And then they're like, "Oh," and then it just got around, and then he put that on about like girls looking like prostitutes and that and then they were like oh okay that's a bit too much and then yeah that's what i think happened right okay so you think there was someone was a grass i was a grass mate that's yeah what I which reckon. the one thing i say in this podcast is i'm not a grass <laughs> no <laughs> no one likes a grass this is 100 anonymous <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i just think it was interesting because from a comedy point of view mm. um have you ever had a joke that you've made that's been taken out of context and then, you know, you know in fact, because I've seen you do material, it's not like you say anything that's controversial. I think I, I have been so careful of what I say for so many years. Like I've never, really? like, yeah, because I felt like because of the Britain's Got Talent thing. Because I felt like I always what? had that, that image for a while. I feel like it's only been like the last year maybe a year and a half, where I've been more open about stuff. When, and when, when you mean stuff, do you mean personal stuff? Or yeah, just yeah, like personal right, okay. stuff. I, I, On was, stage. Yeah, yeah. So I've never really had anyone... I don't think I've ever had anyone complain about anything I say, unless it was like, I, you're, you're not funny. Have you ever... <laughs> met, have, you, <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever had... Uh, have you ever tried a joke out that you know is a bit risky and, you know, you, you're just trying it to see, you know, if it's going to work or if there's just any type of room or legs in it? Because I've, I can think of two that spring to mind for me. And the first one was about slavery, right? And it, mm. it's not me, it wasn't me advocating slavery. It was me talking <laughs> about how it, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's bring it back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with me? Um, um, I, I was at the comedy store in Manchester doing new material on the Sunday show, which is like my favourite gig to do because it's just a nice room and, you know, it's, it's for that reason of like, you're trying stuff out. And I'd, I'm not saying I opened with it, right? I'd established enough that they were like, hey, this guy's all right, you know what I mean? He's making jokes about his dad. <laughs> and then um, I, just, I just tried this joke out about slavery and I can't remember it word for word, but um, the... The idea was that the first slave ship that arrived on the shores of Africa uh, was a British ship, right? Um, and it was the conversation of someone getting off the boat to try and convince people from Africa to get on the boat. And then the people from Africa going, no, I don't want to get on the boat. Uh, but the people that are trying to get them on the boat are like, we've got loads of jobs though. Like, you'll mm. love it. You know what I mean? We've got this brand new world and it's it's fantastic. And they're, you know, the guy on the boat saying to him, yeah, but you're going to tell him about the other things. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell him about that. But you just, you know, and it's that whole conversation. And I can tell... Uh, you know, the reaction you're giving me now was similar to the one the room gave me then. <laughs> um, and uh, I got I got to this I got to this punchline um within it and there was there was a good a good five to eight seconds of silence and um and then I was just like okay and then moved on to another joke. But I never um, I never I, but I never had anyone afterwards go um you know kick off about it. It was just me trying something. Mm. And then the second one I can think of Again, same gig, but different night. Um, there was a, a new, Gary Delaney was on the bill, right? And you yeah. know Gary Delaney's obviously like 
he make he makes some of his jokes he's made are fantastic, but they yeah, are yeah, yeah. they <laughs> opposite to you, they don't push the boundary, they tend to go over it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and the joke that I, I had was there was a news story a few it was probably a few years ago now, um, that I'd seen that a, a, a six year old boy, a French boy, had been thrown off of, uh, thrown off the top of the Tate in London mm-hmm. um by a kid with severe autism, who said he was going to do it a year before, right? So I set that premise, that the, the premise up for that and said, because obviously the Tate is quite a fruity, arty place, um, at the point that kid hit the ground, I wonder how many people went across like, oh, it's a masterpiece. And they're all just like <laughs> blown away by it, yeah. you know? And I've like, the, the joke, they laughed, but the reaction was like, ha, ooh, you know what I mean? And then, mm. and afterwards, um, because it was so dissimilar to all the other stuff that I've been joking about. Gary Delaney said to me, um, he was like, that he was like, that joke was really good. So I thought, oh, well, if he likes it, I think there must be room within it to expand. And since then, I've, you know, rewritten it and tried it seven different ways. Uh, and I've got like a five minute chunk now about this, you know, the, the joke is about a kid being thrown off a building. Um, but, you know, it works, like the routine works. But if, if you took a line of that out of context, you'd be like, Ari Stacchini seems like a right bastard. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm clearly not because I've got a DBS. <laughs> but yeah, I just think I'd love to read what this teacher has written because it does seem that he, I get, I get where he's coming from. Do you feel like it, he's, he's um, in a position to speak like that though? Um, I think he as, is. As yeah. a teacher, like if you're sending your kids to a school and the teacher who's teaching them thinks they look like prostitutes, would you be cool with that? I mean, I know quite a lot of the comedians that have worked in schools that have routines about, you know, places they've worked in. But if you're not mentioning anyone's name, mm. you know, then I don't think you're causing any harm. Yeah, I suppose. I just, I just don't know whether it's because he's been exposed, though. That's yeah, why yeah, I'm that, thinking about it a bit more, because I'm like, them kids will be aware of, like, it was about them. Yeah. Mind you, though, some of the shit I've been called by kids, I feel like... Um... <laughs> If if I said it to them, I'd get sacked. You know what I mean? Mm. But when you try and explain that to them at the, the period of time, they're like, fuck off, you cunt. You're like, ah, oh, right, okay. Wow. <laughs> Can't really do much about this, can we? Have you said anything back where you were like, oh, I should have said that? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, but then again, you're not really, you're not really like, like you're quite. Go like on, Alan, I'm quite I, what? It's just a bit of a dick. No, you're like, uh, <laughs> no, you're quite, you're professional. <laughs> do, you professional. Know do you know what I mean? Like you could, you right. could, you, you'd wait until all the kids are out of class and then you'd pull out that picture you've got of one of the kids with like a dartboard and you're just yeah. like throwing at it. Profe- professional, but sadistic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm like. Um, no, I, I've never, I've never said anything. Um, that I think would get me sacked. Um, I like I've I've said it before on previous podcasts, but like I mess about all the time. Where like a kid asked me one time in a school, "What do I do?" Because mm. they'd never seen me before. Did you say your mum. That is why you can't work in school, Callum. <laughs> um, uh, what I actually said to him was that uh, I picked the smelliest kid in the school and mm. they just believe me. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's stuff like that. I felt like if I dropped that in, they would have been like, really, you're my dad after all these years. 
Um, mm. I've heard of teachers though that have like, well, yeah, people that have sent me stuff on this podcast have, uh, have told me about some of the conversations they've had with, with kids. Um, I've heard of teachers kind of losing it and saying things, but at the same time, my approach and Freddie Quinn said this when he was on, um, is that sometimes when a kid is being cheeky, it's just a case of you just give it a little bit back to them. You know, mm. you don't have to, um, cause like a kid doesn't want to look like they've been done over. Yeah, I had a kid recently, uh, I went to go and ask him something and he was in front of a group of people. I said, can I just have a chat with you? He went, mate, I haven't even done anything. I just went, I'm not your mate. You know what I mean? And it wasn't, there was no malice in what I was saying, but immediately all his mates were like, oh, like he's just murked you off. And it was like, but we're not friends, are we? Because, you know, <laughs> like you're still on a packed lunch. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. That. But yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never lost it. Um, no. I uh, it's what I wanted to ask you. You know, like when you when you were in school, yeah. Did you yeah. ever think the staff room, like the teachers' room, would be like? Because <laughs> I feel like it's a perception people have at gigs where they think the green room is just full yeah. of like drugs we're... and like hookers and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it, and and in fact, it is a uh, you know meal deals and yeah, uh... <laughs> and, I, and a kettle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with one mug but no spoon just like anyone um, no when I think of what you said there did you ever used to watch Recess as a kid oh mate I used to love yeah. it the TJ right. and yeah there's an episode where they talk about the staff room and it being mm. like it having a hot tub in it and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah yeah my perception of the staff room used to be that it would be like this mag magical mystical place mm. and reality it's just like lots of tupperware and seven different smells from seven different people's lunches <laughs> like that's that's what a staff room is um oh, it's so disappointing isn't it like i feel like they're like some of the magical things that you need to keep alive is like <laughs> what's like through that door because it's it's never good like it's never I, yeah. I always used to think the staff room would be amazing and it, like now i've got older i know it's not <laughs> but like as a kid, I just thought it'd be like Narnia. But it just... <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. They're never. I've never been into one that's blown me away. Um, yeah, I've, I've been into a few where you're like, this isn't a staff room. Like this is a cupboard. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a staff room's just got to have have a kettle, a few chairs, and uh, a microwave, and you're sorted. Yeah. But some of them, I've been. I've been in some where they've not even had seats. No. What yeah, what, what to do then? There's just no seats. But you just stand up. I don't know, mate. You don't, you don't, well, you don't rest at that place, do you? <laughs> just Jesus everyone's Christ. working. Yeah, there's no no seats. I don't know. Maybe maybe um, they were getting them fixed that day, but uh, no chairs. A, what are you like in the classrooms as well? Yeah, yeah. Everyone just stood up. <laughs> your your rhinos and the girls' toilets as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no sitting down at all um, in the school. Yeah, what's uh, what's going on here? Oh, we're, we're playing an epic game of musical chairs, and it's the it's the final day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, work, magic, the magic. Go you've, on. Worked, you've worked in loads of schools, haven't you? Because I knew like, yeah, because teacher assistant thing in it, like you are, is it? Uh, yeah, well, I've I've worked in various roles, but yeah, mainly as a one to one. Um, mm. the, and it's it's all right. Like I don't I don't necessarily mind it. Um, but I remember when I first started to get into it, I went through an agency to do it because mm. I was working in I was working in Prues at that time, and uh, in where. Um, a Peru. Wait, a Peru's a, a pupil referral unit. Uh, if we said Peru. 
No, no. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> hell, hell of a commute, mate. Hell of a commute. Um, I was a drug mule for six months. <laughs> yeah, used to used to swim there on my line low every morning. Um, <laughs> catch the evening current on the way home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went. I went into this agency in uh, yeah. in at the middle of Manchester to go and get the job sorted out. And uh, I used to do a routine about it because the guy, the agent. Yeah, the recruitment agent who sorted me the job out was like, oh, proper, proper Mancunian like that. Mm. And uh, he used to, he used to answer the phone and go, all right, our kid. <laughs> and I was like, you're just not professional uh, at all. Sounds like Hutchie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, all right, our kid. I'm like, I'd, I'd be answering like, is this, is this me dad? Like, what is going on? But, uh, <laughs> but he, he asked me um, why I wanted to do the job. And um, I was just like, I just I was looking for a change. And uh, mm. he was like, yeah, but, like, why do you want to work in these places? Because he said, I have to go and like check on the people that work in them. And he says, and they're not, they're not nice. Um, and I remember thinking it can't be that bad. And then I had my first day in one of them. And, um, I remember a girl who used to, who was a student in one of these places and she used to knock on the door with her head. <laughs> <laughs> like, mate, you know I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it was and it was never like a single knock there was about four like, <laughs> um <laughs> and i had to uh I had to, I had to work with her um and that was i well yeah you've you've seen me do jokes about it in my set um uh... I don't, oh, yeah. I don't watch her. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless, mate. I told you I don't keep up with you, Harry, honestly. <laughs> I was actually meant to do that gig in Bradford, but when I found out you were on, I thought, nah. I had to pick me dad up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't even have a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, mate. Is there anywhere you want people to follow you? Um, yeah, just at Callum Oakley <laughs> on the socials. I post loads of content in that, as you can <laughs> gather. No, it's uh, just at Callum Oakley on Instagram and Twitter. Um, don't use Facebook, don't believe in it. <laughs> off the grid, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm so off the grid, I only use Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a fake vegan. <laughs> don't eat meat but i've got a leather couch <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you should write that down oh, thanks, mate. i really hope you enjoyed that as much as i did when we recorded it because i've not laughed that much in quite a while and that little line that callum said about if his knob was bigger i mean i was still chuckling about that like four days later even editing it, I just kept going back to it. But I really hope we've enjoyed that because I found that as an absolute scream. And uh, thank you to the teacher that sent that story in because you sound like an absolute legend with the way you dealt with that situation. But that just, that was, I really enjoyed recording that. So thank you very much because that story put a massive smile on my face. Um, I'd also be interested as well to know what you guys think, you listeners, what you listeners think of that news story about the guy from South Wales because. I spoke to a few people about it and some people were like, ah, I don't think it was right. And I don't know. I think what he said was funny and he didn't name names. He didn't name the school. Um, you know, 
I'm doing this podcast totally anonymous and everything I'm saying on it, don't take it too seriously. I said that in episode one, but um, I've not got myself into any trouble yet, but I'd be interested to know what you guys think of it because, um, yeah, I just think he's made a joke and they've taken the punchline of that joke and then gone, you can't say that. But he's not mentioned any names. I don't think he's doing any harm. But I'd be interested to to know what you think. So get in touch with me on social media if you've got an opinion on it. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please just go and tell your mate about it. You know, tell them about the podcast. Um, it'd be great to get more people listening to it. People in Belgium, I appreciate the fact you've joined. People in Mexico, even better. Israel, you know, let's hope you come back. We don't know. I don't know what I've done wrong. Maybe, you know, is it one of them situations where if we met in person, you'd be like, it's not you, it's me. Um, I don't know. But, you know, the, my door's always open. I mean, this is free, so why not? <laughs> um, next week's episode, I've uh, got Daisy Earl on the podcast, who is a, a great comedian and someone I've only met recently, but really excited to have her on. And she's just a wonderful person. She seems absolutely lovely every time I've spoken to her. We met through like a comedian's writing group and um, yeah, she's ace. So I'm buzzing to have her on the show. The story we're going over is uh, something I can relate to because it involves the story of a lad who required two to one assistance at all times. And uh, I'll take a quote from what the story that was sent to me. The lad had a temper worse than the Cray twins. So lots to look forward to for next Friday. But uh, until then, look after yourselves as ever and take it easy. Room podcast is produced by Harris Dakini, artwork by Poppy Spinks, and the soundtrack by James McGraw.